to Suspish. Andy hates when I do the intros, but she didn't want to do it to turn. But I'm fighting through a migraine. Yeah. <laughs> and that didn't help. It's better than Welcome to Suspish, May I take your order or whatever she fucking did that one time. That's a good one. You did that already. Did I? And it was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you guys like better? Do you like my <laughs> intros or Kelly's intros? And everyone's gonna say mine because they don't blow out people's eardrums. I ooh, ooh salty. I have a hell of a mouth. <laughs> yeah, so I am currently fighting through a migraine. Kelly has been sick for the last week. We have not recorded in a while because we. Annie decided to go to fucking Texas and leave me. Yeah, well, life happens. I was. Anyway. I was sick though yeah so it's not like you even missed me because you were sick anyways yeah i i like my voice when i'm sick it's more sultry sultry <laughs> Ooh. can't wait for you to know that Andy's very angry today because I am. of her migraine like i am like i was fine until like, it started coming she's, on she's picking fights she's trying to fight like if you ever had a migraine you understand you feel <laughs> me right now kelly who does not suffer from migraines does not feel me because she doesn't know what it's like I used to, and then I we I broke up with that one guy, and I never had a migraine again. So I think it was just him. He, he was your migraine. He was your migraine. Jokes on him. He super swiped on. Oh my god, he like... did. And I was like, I literally went ill. That's funny to me. Yeah. Hey. Well, my migraine is not going to get any better because we have two very hard cases today. Oh yeah, yeah. Two real. very like everyone's like, gonna leave with depression. Yeah. Like today, it's, it's a lot of kid stuff yeah and like i don't like his stuff but i feel like my case is necessary to talk about yeah is yours Same. i don't know <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh um, i think kelly has an update i do have an update well it's not really an update it's like a it's like a what the fuck <laughs> so there's some craziest happening in the madeline mccann case isn't there always though like is there ever yeah. like not craziness happening so a uh, 21 or 2022 2022. <laughs> yeah, a 2022-year-old. Uh, a 21 or 22-year-old um, Polish woman named Julia Wendell came out. Julia Wendell. With evidence saying that she may be Madeline McCann. Like, what's her evidence, though? We'll get there. Okay. You're asking questions again before we... <laughs> well, you don't give me enough information. Because you gotta, you, gotta you gotta do the hook. What's that? The the motivator. Remember in, like, Oh, yeah, school? what was it called? Something. The... Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, like, some article says she was 21, some says she's 22, so, I don't know. But Can I, anyway, Madeline okay, I won't be, interject you. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Uh, Madeline would only be 19. That's what I was just gonna say. So. So, I mean, could someone have lied to her about her age? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but. So, she made an Instagram account, said, called, I'm Madeline McCann. Oh, okay. Like, we're already off not to a good start. And this is where she shares her story and, quote, unquote, evidence. So she said she started wondering if she was Madeline a few months ago after hearing something from her grandmother. Okay, what was that something from your grandmother? And well, we'll like, why like, do you have a grandmother? A little bit more into this, but it said something from her grandmother. Um, she says she's 21. Um, she believes her age could be wrong because Madeline was born in May 2003, meaning that she'd be almost 20, but only 19. Mm-hmm. Um, her Instagram bio says, I think I can be Madeline. I need a DNA test. Then go take one, bitch. You could get ancestry DNA. But she needs 
Jerry and Kate's DNA as well to compare. Well, even if she did Ancestry, if someone else... If I was Madeline McCann's parents, I would have done Ancestry DNA because... Oh, and 23andMe, all of them. I would have did all of them. So she just did that, like, boom, bang, boom. Here you go. Here's your cousins, twice removed. Yeah. She said, please... Okay, go on. Go ahead, Does she have parents? Yes. And what do they say? We'll get there. Um, she said, investigators from the UK and Poland are ignoring her, so she's telling her story on here. And then she said, help me. Um, after asking some questions, like, just people, like, on Instagram, like, DMing her, like... People are like, what the fuck? Um, (laughs) Natural response. She said, she said she didn't remember being taken away and has no, but has no recollection of her childhood. Well, she, Madeline was, what, three? Four. Four. So, I mean, I can see how you wouldn't remember that. Yeah. Like, having those parents, but um, still. Now. Are there pictures of her at three or four years old? Or younger? I don't think so. I think the pictures start around, like, when she's, like, seven. Okay, so that's weird. Yeah. Like that six, is weird. Seven. Girl, you do got something going You do be having something going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, unless she's just sharing that. But a lot of, even, like, the yeah, comments on Instagram were like, hey, like, no matter what, something happened to this girl, so can we just be nice to her? Like, even if she's not Madeline McCann. Like, yeah. There's clearly something going on with her. Yeah. Um, so her evidence is that she has the same notch in her eye. Okay, so I saw this, but it's not the exact same. It's not the exact same, but as you get older, it can fade. But I don't think it's even faded. I think it's just in a different spot. It's like, the pictures I saw, Madeline's is, like, more... I feel like I could be flip flop, but one of them is more angled, and the other one's straight. And down. one the other one's I straight think hers down. Hers is straight down. Yeah, so I one of the like I don't feel like that would change. Like mm-hmm. you'd have to like rotate your fucking eyeball. And I'll get into it. I mean, maybe like, it could. I don't fucking know shit about shit. But. We'll get into, like to that a little more later. Um, she compares her like smile to Jane Carey's. <laughs> I did it again. Terry and Kate's. <laughs> Jane Carey's. Um, her parents cannot present any evidence of her as a child. Okay, that's weird. There's no pictures of her mom pregnant. Nothing like that. That is weird. Does she have siblings? I don't think so. So I saw an SVU episode about this, and it was like, like someone would like kidnap kids and give them to people like who couldn't have kids, and, and like it was know. like a, it was like a kid trade, yeah. like selling kids and shit, like. It's definitely a thing. Yeah, definitely. That used to happen. There was the one Netflix documentary where the doctor would say that, like, for, like, teenage moms and stuff, they'd say the baby died, but they'd give them away. Oh, my God. No, that did not happen. Tell yeah. me that. <gasps> Yikes. They would tell the mom that the baby died and give them to a high price family. The way I would kill people? I'm sorry. I would go to jail for that. <laughs> um, She said she has the same freckles on her leg. I'm like... Why do you have a picture of Madeline? Again? Yeah, where where is a picture of Madeline's freckles like on her leg? There's a picture leg. of her leg with the freckles, but there's no picture of Madeline's leg yeah. with the freckles. Um, there's no baby photos of her. Like it, that's weird. Yes. That is a weird thing. Because mm-hmm. I feel like even no, like are her parents good parents? Like she doesn't like comment on their like if they're abusive or not. But we do get into some abuse that she remembers, but not because, from her parents. Oh. Yeah. Because, like, you could think maybe they were just shitty parents that didn't take pictures. But then again, the shittiest of parents have baby pictures. Yeah, like ours. 
<laughs> I don't know. No. Um, um, actually, um, Andy had like photos, like professional photos done of her as a baby. Not me. Okay, but think about Not it. You're me. a second child. My poor second child, Aubrey June. She has a lot of baby pictures of her. She has a lot of baby pictures, but not a lot of professional baby pictures. Like, Robbie was, like, in a photo studio, like, every other month. Aubrey was she not. She was a little model. Don't even... Uh, well, she was a, a baby model, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, she claims that she was unaware of Madeline McCann's disappearance until she began inquiring about stories from her parents regarding her childhood. Okay, like, I didn't... Uh... I mean, like, everyone knows Madeline McCann. No, that's not true. But I guess she's in Poland. Everyone everyone who's into true crime knows Madeline McCann. But I've talked to some... And I think if you're born at a certain date, like, there's a cutoff if you don't know Madeline McCann. No. The last guy I talked to, uh, we talked about Madeline McCann, and he was like, I have no idea what that is. Well, then, boy, you need to get cultured. Boy, do I have a podcast for you. (laughs) She said the memories were blurry, but when I talked to them about my parents, things didn't match up. They tried to change the subject. Weird. Definitely weird. she said, my teacher at school said I didn't start school at the normal time. Like, I I didn't always attend school. Um, Okay, but at the same time, Madeline was taken at three or four years old. She wouldn't have been in school yet. Yeah. Um... After all the confusion, I started doing my own research. I discovered what happened to Madeline Kahn, and I connected the dots. It's stressful trying to get people to believe me. I, I don't... Well, I do believe something happened to her, and something needs to... She definitely needs... I wouldn't involve Madeline McCann's parents until she would take, a, like, an ancestry or, like, a genealogical DNA test first. Mm-hmm. Go from there, because it could surprise you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she said... That, like on, I took a couple like things from her Instagram captions, and her. She first, also seems like a weird person. She seems like oh, but could it be seems like trauma? Like State Adams that commented on ours, that German girl, <laughs> yeah. our first hater. Shout out! Shout out! <laughs> Love you. <laughs> no, but she definitely seems like there's something <clears throat> not right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't want to say that because maybe she's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe she doesn't even know that she's been through a lot, but either way. Yeah, she said, first reason, I don't remember most of my childhood, but my earliest memory is very strong. It's about the holidays in a hot place. We are at the beach and white or very light colored buildings with apartments. I remember that I saw turtles on the beach and it was by a little bay. And I can remember I saw turtles then and there were other children and they try to touch the small turtles. I didn't see my family in this memory. Jeffrey Epstein's island. Now remember, she's Polish. So, so there's no beaches is not her first. Her forte. Yeah, so like what I'm reading Are there beaches is, in Poland? No. I think it's landlocked. So that she wouldn't have Don't been in Poland. Don't that, but... Yeah, I feel like it is too, but... I've I never heard of a Polish beach and it doesn't sound appetizing. Yeah, no. There'd just be like Holushki in the friggin' ocean. Holushki. The <laughs> Do they even have pierogies in Poland, or is that like an American know. Polish thing? I don't know, but I fucking love a goddamn pierogi. What's a holopki? Mom loves holopki. I think, isn't that the same thing as holishki? No, it's just like weird cabbage things. and noodles. They're two different things. Yeah. Mm, mm. I don't know. Don't like it? I'm not Polish, so I don't. No, no, you know. I enjoy a good pierogi every now yeah. and then, but. Mm. Mm. 
can't go wrong. Northeastern Pennsylvania things. <laughs> yeah, we have a whole pierogi festival. I think we've talked about this on the podcast was, before. We have a lot of... I think it was actually in the last episode, Felicia Thomas, about... Pierogies? Like, Kingston, Edwardsville. Mm, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, she scared one of the sketches of one of the, the suspects, saying, he's a person who was wanted... This drawing is on the website, official of Madame and the Can. I recognize this person. It looks very similar to my abuser. I need to help me because police ignore me. I need police to make a DNA test and compare it to Madeline's data. Or DNA, not data. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk with Kate and Jerry. I don't know why I want to say... Jane and Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that she... I mean, maybe she truly believes this, and that's why she's going so hard, but at the same time, but even like, then, she says, just rule it out. Like, yeah. so it's like she believes it, but she's like, at least rule it out. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be the plot twist of the century? Yeah, I don't. I don't believe it? No. We'll get there, but I don't. Um, another thing she said was, medical student in Warclaw, Roca, I don't know, testified... So I read on the internet in in parentheses. That's what she said. Not like that's what she said, but like this is this is her quote. <laughs> that he saw Madeline McCann a few days after her abduction in Warclaw. I happen to live in Breslau all the time. Um, I've only been living in another city for a year. So what does that mean? I don't know. That sentence made no sense to me. So is she saying that she said someone that, saw her in Poland and yes, that's why? That's what she's saying. But she she was. She lived in another city for a year in Poland mm-hmm. that she doesn't know where. But she grew up in Breslau. All of the Polish cities sound aggressive for no reason. I only know that because we are where our parents live. It's called Breslau. Oh, like the area? Yeah. Yeah. They call it Breslau. Uh, <laughs> after several years of hurting me, I decided to confront my pedophile, which was not very responsible, but I needed it, I guess. She says, I told him I knew his son, Martin Ney, who was a suspect in Madeline's case, that I knew they were both involved in the kidnapping and that he and Peter. (laughs) She's just name dropping like, yeah, you know, Peter. More children himself. You fucking know, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Peter. It worked in my favor that he didn't recognize me. I asked how I knew. He asked how I knew things and was very surprised, really, and asked who I was in general. He was very upset and finagled me in the face with his fist as soon as I told him who I was and that I knew everything. <laughs> I'm not going to punch people anymore. I'm going to finagle their face with my fist. I, this is what I was talking about with, like, I don't think she knows. Uh, yeah, it's lost in translation. <laughs> finagled. Yeah, lost in translation for sure. But it's still funny. Yeah. And Michael Martin Ney, who she names, is a known child pedophile and serial killer in germany i love that but is he in connection with the other guy that we talked about and because they're both from germany i don't think so but like he's in jail now which one martin nay mm. i mean they're both in jail yeah and then she goes on to say i have similar eyes shave a face ears lips i have the gaps between my teeth I'm sending you some pictures of myself that I have, and she's posting this on Instagram so you can see the pictures. So she has an Instagram? Yeah, I am Madeline McCann. So at I am Madeline McCann. I might have to pause and, like, quickly go through. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
So I went through her Instagram, and I feel like she's got a lot of things going on up in that old brain of hers. I don't really see it, personally. I think that there's a lot of differences. Mm-hmm. I don't think. And I think it's fucked up that she's making this a big deal. And I don't know. Maybe it's for her 15 minutes of fame, and she's getting it, so. Yeah. Or maybe something did happen, and she'll figure it out through this. Like Yeah, but... There's ways to go about it. Like, you don't have to make oh, yeah. it a national news story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, she said, I talked with my teacher. We're back on the teacher. We're back on the teacher. Um, from kindergarten. She told me that I joined there in the last group of September of 2007. My family told me I was in kindergarten for a few years. Not one year or even less. I need to know the truth. I need a DNA test. I need to talk to Madeline's parents. Well, somebody, like, some children do get, like, held back in kindergarten if they're not ready. Mm-hmm. Especially if she was, like, say she was Milo McCann and she was only four and put in kindergarten. Yeah. Um, according to a close source to the McCanns, they said there the family isn't taking any risks is willing to check any reference. It's important that they look at all factors. This girl looks similar. No one's debating that. We are. Um, <laughs> we are. And she says it's true. There's a chance that it's her. So... I mean, give the girl a DNA test, but... Yeah. I don't think... To me, she looks very Eastern European. Yeah, which Madeline was not. No. And Madeline has, like, wide-set eyes. Mm-hmm. And, like, and Madeline looks eyes. just like her mom, I think. Yeah. And hers are closer together, and I don't think that'll change. Like, her whole face shape had to have changed for it to be this girl. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you look like me, like you could tell me as a child that I grew up to this, you know? I also don't think that, but like, I don't think I look like I did when I was a child. But your whole face shape didn't change. I feel like it did. I feel like my jaw mm-hmm. changed, but I also had... Two kids. I had two kids and I had and a... jaw surgery. Yeah. So, I mean... Shoshui. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that probably changed. I mean, like, my yeah. cheekbones are now, like... Yeah. A lot of, like, you can see, like, even in, like, celebrities from, like, 20 to, like, 30, your face shaped. But I don't think it changes really, like. I don't know. I don't know, but that's that. But that is, uh. That is that. I don't think it's her, but I think something. I hope this girl gets the piece she's looking for, if that's what she's looking for. I'd love to see her parents. Yeah. I think something happened to her. Whether it's a mental thing or, I don't know. Because, like, even, like, I don't want to say she's creepy. But she's creepy. But she's we'll creepy. say it. Like, <clears throat> like Annie just pulled up one of the videos and, like, she stares at the camera for, like, she's like two Hello. minutes before she says anything. I think that's a that's a, a European thing, though. Is it? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know Everything where weird, you're like, it's a European thing. Don't don't pay much attention to it. <laughs> I don't want to hear up there probably like, all those Americans, they say, howdy, they y'all. Do. They do. They're like, you could spot an American for a mile away. I'm like, you don't think we could spot you? Sometimes you can't. Oh, you always can. Once you see a, a tracksuit, that's a European. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but you definitely could, like, if we were over in Europe, they'd be like, oh, well, hmm. Oh, what do we wear? <laughs> fucking jeans. Do they not wear jeans in Europe? They wear jeans, but like we wear jeans like every fucking day. And what do they wear? Like trousers, 
slacks. Trousers and slacks. Are you people even comfortable? Probably not. Damn. All right. Like a Are on... jeans an American thing? Yeah. Really? Well, it's Levi Strauss. He's from Germany, but he made them in America. Hmm. Yeah, denim, denim is an American thing. Denim, denim, denim. Denim, denim. <laughs> like, like we, wear, we wear jeans to go out. Yeah. Jeans are fancy. You have your like, you have your work jeans. Yeah, you your fancy your casual jeans. And you have your fancy. Jeans. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do they wear? I guess they have like jeans and then like trousers and like pants. I don't like the word trousers. It offends me. Yeah. <laughs> Why I don't know. Drop trowel. <laughs> Is that what that means? Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you drop your trowel. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. I'm calling bullshit. No. Anyway. Anyway, ready to cry. Yeah. We're, we're lighting it to bring it down. Yeah, we really lightened it. And, uh, now we're going to really <coughs> just crush everyone's souls and probably should speak to your therapist after this episode. Yeah, it's going to get rough. It's going to get rough because... Like, a German pedophile isn't enough. <laughs> no, this is deeper than a German pedophile. Ooh. Is yeah. it the... Uh, Anyways, so I am covering Lindsay Clancy, and I wasn't sure. I when the story first broke, I didn't, I didn't think this was really a true crime matter when the first story first broke. I'm gonna see my friend Lindsay later. Shout out. (laughs) Not her. Does she also kill her three children? No, I don't think she likes children. Mm. Watch out for her. (laughs) Um. But yeah, I wasn't sure I wanted to cover this because I didn't really think it was a true crime matter. I thought it was more of a mental health matter, but then things started coming out to make it seem true crime. A little bit interesting. And I'm not saying one way or the other because I'm still conflicted on one way or the other, but I'll let you guys decide what you think. I only know the basics, so I'm yeah. excited. I mean, I'm not excited, but like... Yeah, I mean, it's hard, especially it's, like... It's so weird as like a person who loves true crime to like describe it. I'm like, ooh, I'm excited to hear it. But, yeah, like, like I'm you're not. excited to, 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 to analyze it, I guess. Yeah. I'm not excited about what had happened. Yeah, I'm because not excited about what happened at all. It just... I, I guess we'll do a trigger warning. We usually don't. Yeah. But this episode kind of needs one. Um, in my case is about... Child murder. Same. And so it's Kelly's, so that's not what you want to hear today. And it wasn't planned. It, it wasn't planned, happened. it just kinda happened. Yeah. Um But better get it all out in one episode. Yeah. I definitely couldn't have done this episode before I went to Texas. <laughs> <sighs> I had a lot of anxiety about leaving my kids. Yeah. She, I left my kids and never went to Texas. For the first time. And my son is four. So that was rough. Yeah. That was rough. And I think this case is harder because there are children who are around my kids' age, so. Oh, in this case there are two. Great. Love that for me. Okay. Yeah. I'll hug my kids a little tighter tonight. Yeah. The last, the <clears throat> youngest was more in my case. All right, well. All right, so we gave you enough warning. <laughs> so here we go. Um, Lindsay Clancy was a 32-year-old mother of three. Um, everyone see, said they lived a seemingly normal life. She was actually a labor and delivery nurse at Massachusetts General Hospital. Which is, when you think about the rest of the facts of the case, it like, is like, hmm, she, strange. She, not that she should have been more prepared, but... She kind of should have known the signs. And, I mean, we'll get to what she did. Mm. But I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what happened in this case. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a lot to take in. <clears throat> Um, she was married to her husband, Patrick Clancy, since 2013. 
So what is that? Ten years? Mm-hmm. They've married for ten years. Um, they lived in a nice neighborhood. Nothing seemed to be off. You know, there were many reports that they were a nice, normal family, that she was a good mom. But I saw one thing, and it was like, people... And I'm not saying she wasn't a good mom. She probably was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know her. Um, but, like, one of the reports was saying that she was a good mom because she bought her kids new backpacks for school. That's that's, that's bare minimum. And if that's yeah. what it takes to be a good mom, then I must be, like, world star. So, yeah. A class. Her her son snaps his fingers, and Andy comes around. And, <laughs> and I'm not the world's best mom, and I will say that. But if that's, if that's the standard we're making for good moms, then we need to raise that a little yeah. higher. You bought them backpacks. I marked my backpacks for her. But I guess that is true. But in a way, if you think about it, some people don't. Yeah. But that shouldn't be a standard for a good mom. That should be a standard for a what mom. makes a bad mom if you yeah. don't do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, anyways, Lindsay and Patrick had three children together. Cora, who I absolutely adore the name Cora. And I wanted to name my daughter Cora. And my husband said, no. I know a Cora and she was weird. So Think about Cora June. CJ. CJ. She's AJ. She's AJ, but Cora June. Are we going to call her AJ? I don't know. Some people call her AJ. Really? Yeah. Some people don't. Some people call her by her first name. Some people call her by her middle name. Some, some people call her Lilith, the demon child. Someone, some people call her Satan, and that they're all acceptable answers. <laughs> um, anyways, so Cora was five. Dawson is their son, and he was three. And their other son, Callan, which I like that name, too. It's different. I never heard that name before. Mm-hmm. And he was about seven or eight months old. Um, around September, Lindsay was beginning to feel anxiety about going back to work, which I like, can understand the mm-hmm. anxiety of that. Um, I was fortunate enough where I got to stay home with my kids for a while, and now I work from home. But, I mean, I send their asses to school now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for a while, like, I was home with my kids, working from home, doing the whole thing. So I, could, I couldn't imagine my kids being that young and having to actually physically go back to work. Yeah. Like, seven months old. I, when both my kids were seven months old, I was home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, yeah. And I'm thankful for that. <laughs> but um, anytime you have to leave your kids, it definitely gives you anxiety. And I could definitely attest to that. Leaving for Texas, I was a basket case. She was. Yeah, I was not okay. She called me crying, and we talked for two hours. We looked up some plane statistics. I thought I was dying on the plane. I thought it was over. I told Kelly my last will and testament. Yep. <laughs> Had it all written down. Uh, yeah, but here I am. I survived. We're all good. Life is good. Yeah, so we do it again in June. But, I mean, my kids are coming with me on a plane this time. And that won't and be I'm fun. And I'm not her third child. Yeah, I'm her first. And well, third listen, child. my third, chi- my first and third child, Aunt Sydney, <laughs> as my kids call her, has to stay home and watch my fourth child, aka my anxiety-ridden dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could physically put him boarded somewhere because I think he would, like, have an anxiety attack. <laughs> He's a good boy, and he he enjoys your company. He enjoys you, and um, my dog. He's not aggressive. But he's people selective, and um, I can't have anyone else let him out and be alone with him other than Kelly. So he selected me. He, he has chosen you. He likes me better than Andy. He does. He does do that. So um, yeah, 
or else Kelly would be joining us. Maybe when we go to Phoenix in September. I am traveling all over the world now. I'm a world traveler. I know. I want to be there. So maybe Phoenix. Yeah. Maybe Phoenix is your... We'll find someone. We need you to date a man and have that man well, like I the dog. Date men, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll leave him here with the dog. Ooh. And peace out. I love that. I love that for yeah, us. Yeah, I love that for us. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so Lindsay ends up seeing two different psychiatrists because of her feelings of not wanting to go back to work and her anxiety, which is, she's, so she's reaching out, she's finding help, which is, which is good. Mm -hmm. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) This is where she is diagnosed with, um, generalized anxiety disorder. And I feel like I actually took a quiz online. I don't know how accurate they are. But they diagnosed with mild depression and severe anxiety, so that's fun. Ugh. That's fun. Hmm. I have anxiety about. I only have anxiety about relationships. No, I, I. I. Other than that, I'm Gucci. I'm bad. Like you can even ask my husband. Like, if I didn't, I do like a check every night to make sure the doors are locked. If I didn't check a door, I'm, I cannot sleep. I never lock my apartment door. I went hiking on Saturday up a mountain, and there was, like, caution tape, and the thing was closed. I literally just walked over. I was like, we're still going on this trail. Yeah. Turns out we were hanging off the side of a mountain over a river, but... We're fine. We're here. It was good. No, I have anxiety. Like, even when, like, we like to go, uh, we have a quad, and we go out on the trails a lot. I, this is going to sound terrible, but I chug a beer when I get on there because I am deathly afraid that something's going to happen. But this is also because her... Husband once flipped her over on the quad. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, I just, I have, I have, I do have anxiety. But, mm. I mean, I wouldn't say it's severe, but I do have anxiety. I would say it's severe. <laughs> I would say it's severe. Maybe I should see somebody. There's one time, and it sticks out in my mind, and I always make fun of her for. That I don't her even know hus- where this is going. Her husband, I don't know if he was away or just wasn't home that night. But the cameras went off, and she started Oh, that's when he was out, away in Ohio. And it was a cat. <laughs> and she was freaking the fuck out. And it was just a straight I don't cat. like when my cameras go off at night. It just means bad things. <laughs> and we also have my ha- my my camera. My house is covered in cameras. Every inch of my house I could see via camera. So <laughs> No, but like I did stay here while you were away. And I don't like how many doors and windows you have. Yeah, it's a lot. It freaks me out. Yeah, it's a lot. There's I mean, a lot of doors. Did I check them? No. <laughs> Did I check them out? And, like, we have a dog who would absolutely... Rip someone to shreds. Rip someone to shreds. I mean, he's a lover, but he's also a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> but you look at him the wrong way. He might. He, if you give him bad vibes, that's really what it is. If you have bad vibes, he knows. Mm, he does. Yeah. No, that is... That's accurate. True. That's that accurate. Look, th- think about all the people he doesn't like. Yeah. It's bad vibes. He's like, bad vibes! <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, enough about me and my anxiety. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, and at this point, she was prescribed 13 different medications between October and January. Like, not at the same time. Some at the same time, some not, and this was to deal with, um, they diagnosed her with anxiety, depression, and insomnia. Mm. She was given these drugs during these four-month period. So they wouldn't even give her like time to wean off of a drug before starting her on a new drug, well, which I think yeah. is I'm no I'm no doctor, but that to me spells bad news. Yeah. So these are the drugs that she was um, given: 
Ambien, Klodipin, Valium, Prozac, Lamcetol, Ativan, Ramarone, Seroquel, Zoloft, and a few others. Mm. That all sounds like bad news. One of those sounds like bad news. Which one's that? No. no. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah. No. And yeah. And her husband, Patrick, said that she would take four of these medications a day. But she was taking them as prescribed. But, like, mm-hmm. four different medications. Mm-hmm. So, who the fuck wow. knows? That's a lot, I Yeah, because you can be, you can, like, Zoloft, I believe, is an antidepressant. Yeah, I think so. And then, like, I think Klonopin. I thought that was, like, a painkiller. I think that is anxiety. So, she can be on an antidepressant. I think and Prozac is also. A, anxiety? I don't anxiety. know if it's anxiety or depression. I feel like they're both one and the same, aren't they? Kind of? Sort of? I know Lexapro is depression. What did they want to prescribe me? It might have been Lexapro. I think it was Lexapro. I don't know. But you could be on an antidepressant and anxiety at the same time. Okay. And yeah, so I thought about like getting something for my anxiety, but after this, I am not getting anything for my anxiety. I will suffer. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, so, like trying... 13 different types of drugs in the course of four months is definitely a lot. Not safe. Definitely not safe. Definitely not good. (laughs) No. Um, But my whole thing is, like... And she was a... But she was a nurse. Like, you think she would have been like, okay, well, like, this is not okay. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like... Is it even giving enough time for the drug to even take effect? Like, if she has one... That is true. Like, you're going to need a month or two to even adjust to one medication. Because it sounded like, um, and we'll see this, a lot of times she would go on a drug, she would still not feel right and go back and be like, I still don't feel good, and try to get, like, something else. So, was she not giving the proper amount of time to let the drug take effect? Probably. But wouldn't, as a doctor, you be like, okay, well, you just need to give it a couple more weeks, and then we'll talk about it. But I can also see, because I work with doctors and nurses in my job, they think they know best, they think they know, so if she's like, I'm a nurse, he's probably just doesn't even want to deal with her, because she's just going to be annoying. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how she was when she went to the doctors, like... Because a lot of clinical people, I'm sorry for all the clinical people, they're assholes, and they think they know, they think they're better than everyone else. I mean, I think that speaks to a lot of people. <clears throat> yeah, it's just it's just the culture of healthcare, mm-hmm. clinical people. They. But they then again, I also don't else. think that means that doctors not doing their job. No, I agree. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, uh, mental health. I think is still it's not taboo subject, but it's still not. Regular. Yeah. Everyone should go see a therapist. Everyone should... Yeah, I agree. Everyone's got shit. Like, I see my therapist and she... As I don't have a therapist, and I don't sometimes she's like, sometimes she's like, why are you here? And other times it's like, I need to be here. You know, like... Yeah. Like, when she first met me, she was like, why are you even here? Like, you're chill. You're fine. And then it was like, it's just the anxiety in my relationships. But if, if I wasn't... I don't think I would need it if it wasn't for, like, my relationships with other people. Yeah. Other than that, but, like, I think everyone should go see it. Yeah. Like, even for dumb shit. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll get more into this topic <coughs> um, later. But, like, postpartum depression and, like, 
just becoming a new mom, I think that there isn't a lot of focus on. Mm-hmm. And that definitely needs to change. Because everyone just thinks it's a... Everyone thinks it's not sunshine, sunshine and rainbows. and Yeah. It is, and you love your kid. And but you, you go through so you much. You go through so much in a six-week period. Mm-hmm. Like, especially now, like, I had my second kid. Thankfully, it was my second kid mm-hmm. during COVID. And I, I had her, and I was there for, like, a night. And they were like, okay, see you later. Go home. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had to take this this baby home. And I, I, I'm not even recovered myself. And not to mention, it goes from, well, obviously you had a son, but like if you're a first-time mom, it goes from you're by yourself, you with your husband or your boyfriend or whatever, and now you have this whole thing to take care of, a whole another human to take care of. Yeah, I mean, and that is your whole world now. We'll definitely get more into this, but there's just so much pressure put on moms, and if you're a mom and you need help, reach out because I get it. I'm there for you. And I, I, didn't, I didn't have postpartum depression, but I knew people who did. And mm. I did see it firsthand. And it, it's more common than people think. And you're also lucky that you have, like, you have me, you have your mother. Yeah, and have, some people don't have that support And, like, system. imagine if you didn't have that. Like, where mm-hmm. would you? Like, you, it's, you're still stressed now, and you're still, like, yeah. strung out. Where... If I didn't have you and my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law, I don't think I would have survived. I don't think I would have. I think I would have lost my mind. Mm-hmm. So, let's not you cry. You already. Let's like... not cry on the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, anyways. <laughs> so, um, Lindsay would also keep um, detailed... Ooh, unlike us. <laughs> unlike us. <laughs> Skipping around. <laughs> Lindsay would also keep detailed notes on her daily thoughts, and this was per her psychiatrist. She would keep yeah, notes on... Good, I think you kind of do that, though, in a way. Like, somewhat. I see you write notes all the time. Yeah. Don't lie to yourself. Yeah. It's good to, like, organize yourself. Like, yeah, like, she would write notes on what she was feeling that day, what she did that day, the medication she took that day. Like, it would all be, like, logged. Probably so she could go back to her psychiatrist and be like, here. <laughs> here. I should start doing that. So here's what happened on this day. I was feeling loopy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, on October 25th, she wrote, I think I sort of resent my other children because they prevent me from treating Cal like my first baby. And I know that's not fair to them. I know that. I was feeling so depressed last evening when Cora and Dawson came home from school. I know it run, runs off on them. I think she would say rubs off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a pretty rough evening. I want to feel love and connection with all of my kids. So she's saying she only felt it with the baby? Yeah. Mm. Which, I mean, I don't want to talk like I'm a piece of shit mom, but I didn't, I felt the opposite of that. When I got pregnant oh, with yeah. my daughter. She would, she would call me and she'd be like, well, what if I don't love her? And it wasn't that I wouldn't mm-hmm. love her, but I've already made such a good connection with my son. Mm-hmm. How could I love another being just as much as I love him? Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me, too. Like, he was my first baby, and now he's not going to be the only kid anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was hard for me. But, I mean, obviously, I love them both the same, and they're both pains in my asses. But Yeah, I don't, I, I don't see you treat them any no, differently. No, no. At all. Like, I don't know, I feel like maybe a lot of first, not first time moms, but a lot of moms feel that way when they have, like, another kid. Yeah. But hers was the opposite, which is already, we're not off to a good start. Yeah. Um, I mean, in a way, I could kind of see, like, okay, this is a baby, and I... I need to spend more time with them. Yeah, but... They need me more, but... Yeah. And her kids were obviously five and three, like, that, even, like, that's older than, my kids are only 
two years apart, like almost exactly two years apart. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what she was thinking, but I don't know. That's a lot. So I can only imagine what those kids felt and had to deal with. You know what I mean? If that's what she's feeling. Like, is she neglecting them? Not neglecting, but neglecting them mm-hmm. in a way. Is she mean to them? Yeah, is she just like, you know, when you don't like someone yeah. and your friend brings them. Yeah. That's like, their feeling. So how were those kids feeling? And like, they're such cute kids that I would have, like, just give me your children. Give Andy all the children. I, like, literally, I talk to my husband about it all the time. I'm going, I want to adopt a kid before I get too old to. You're 25. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, I want to be 40 and sitting on a yacht somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if I adopt an 8-year-old at 30, I'll still make, I'll still make the cut. Yeah, he'll be Robbie's age. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. It's a weird concept. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, um, on December 20th, Lindsay was evaluated at the Women Infants Hospital for Women's Behavioral Health. That was a lot. In Providence, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, the psychiatrist there tell her that she does not have postpartum depression as she has no symptoms of it. Oh. Weird. Very weird. And I don't know why she but was... you don't know what she told them. You don't know what she told them. You don't. But at the same time... Weird. Just weird thing. And why was she even there? Like, I don't... Like, mm-hmm. was she referred there? Did she go there? I don't know. Just weird circumstances. So, at the end of December... So, I'm assuming this is going to be, like, the last week of December because we'll see. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay tells her husband that she is having suicidal thoughts and thoughts of hurting the children. Oh, wow. If I told my husband that, he'd be like, get out. I mean, that's what I would say. I'd be like, go stay with your mom for a little bit. My husband probably would have told me to go kill myself, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Go kill yourself and leave my children here. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, is if you're really feeling that way, and you're a labor and delivery nurse, you kind of know what's going on, that you have postpartum. Maybe you should take a step back. Yeah. Um, and the the one thing I did see in an article is that her husband was told that she should not be left alone with the children. Mm-hmm. But like, And he did he did work from home. He worked in the basement of the home. But you also, so he like, was home. I would never think... That someone would actually do it, but then again, it's like an impulsive. Like for what I know about like postpartum, when like someone actually hurts them, it's like, it's just that, like you're not even thinking; you like kind of black out. But that's the thing that I think that is going to be argued in court. Was she thinking? Because it, you'll see, she had to have some sort of thought behind it. It wasn't just yeah. If it's like Diane Downs, where she literally shot her children and had a whole plan about it, or is it just like? They were in the bath, and I thought about drowning them, so I did. Yeah, you'll see. We'll, we'll, but that, that's exactly what's being argued in this case, mm-hmm. is was it a moment of psychosis, or was it a plan? Okay. And I don't know I, what happened to the children, so... I originally did believe that she just snapped, mm-hmm. but no. now I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I do think that something was mentally wrong with her, Absolutely. But, but I think, think she was... planned. I think she planned this. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. We'll get there. We're, we'll get there. Um, on January 1st, Lindsay self-admits herself into McLean, McLean, McLean Hospital in Belmont. Um, this is where she complained about being addicted to benzodiazepines. Benzodiazepines. Yeah. Oh, I almost got that right. Look at me. What is that? Oh, I do have that written. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, which I found out are things like Sandex and Valium. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, it didn't really make any mention of her being on Xanax, but she was definitely on Valium at some point. Um, she stayed in this hospital for four days. Um, this is where they decided to take her off Seroquel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is a ben- benzo. benzo. Is that what benzos are? When people yeah. say benzos? Yeah. <gasps> I'm learning so much. She is learning so much. Um, and Seroquel is a drug used to treat schizophrenia and depression. Oh. I'm assuming it was probably given to her for depression, but... So... Maybe, so it seemed like she was addicted to these things. She was, addicted to benzos. Huh. Okay. Um, anyways. Maybe that's why the drugs were taking. Like, maybe this wasn't her first stint with these drugs. Yeah, we don't know. And it's so hard because a lot of the things I saw were like, we don't have a lot of information because of, like, HIPAA and patient yeah. confidentiality. Like, so, like, that makes me believe she was on 13 different ones and the doctor knew she had a thing. So they were trying to find one that she wasn't tolerant to anymore. Maybe. It very well could possibly be that. Um, so, anyways, they took her off Seroquel and she was given Trazodone, yeah. uh, which is an antidepressant, and Ativan. I don't know what Ativan is, but um, I don't know if that's anxiety. Mm-hmm. Either way. She was also given that. But then she was discharged from the hospital on January 5th. Um, it is unclear whether she checked herself out or was discharged by a doctor. Again, because of that like, patient confidentiality thing, they don't really, they didn't release that. I just want to throw in here, my case is on January 4th. Oh my God. So, like, if she heard about it. I don't know. Crazy. Crazy yeah. to think about. Um, so... In mid-January, Patrick asks his wife if she is still having suicidal thoughts. This is after she got out of the hospital. And she told him that she is not. Okay. So, I guess in his eyes, he probably thinks she's getting better. But you don't... I I feel like that's a short amount of time to go from suicidal thoughts to not. Yeah. I agree. Especially, like, your wife was just in the hospital. So, like, hmm. to me, that's a, that would be a red flag if she was like, you know what? Because that's not something that you're like... And we'll get to to more of, like, things that are probably red flags that he didn't see that are red like, flags. To me, like, even if you don't have them every day anymore, like, it'll come up just randomly. Like, yeah. it won't just stop. And one thing p- popped in my head, and I'm going to talk about it when we get there, but mm-hmm. I just thought of something. and I uh, Okay, I'll just yeah, go yeah, on. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on January 22nd, the Clancy family... <laughs> Like, all, all the kids, and mm-hmm. Lindsay and everybody, Patrick, had dinner at one of Patrick's college friends' house. It's Kyle, that's Kyle Car- Carney. Mm-hmm. Kyle says that Lindsay seemed normal that night, but Patrick did tell him that Lindsay was having anxiety about returning to work, which seems to be the running theme in this, is that she, her anxiety stemmed from returning to work. Well, tell your wife she doesn't have to go to work. You know I what mean, mean? I mean? I it's, mean, it's, sometimes it's not that just easy, yeah. but they seemed like... He was a businessman. He They were very well off. Uh-huh. So she didn't need... I mean, a nurse is probably like sixty dollars to $90,000, so that would and be... And you got to think, she's already been off for eight months. Her kid's eight months old. Like, yeah, that's she... a lot more time than most people have to, to be off. Yeah. So 
Or just tell her to find a job to work from home. There's or a lot of nursing jobs where you can work from home. There's nursing jobs where you can work part-time, too. Yeah, like, maybe just ease her into it like instead of just throwing her back into it. The nurses I work with, they're nurses, but they do, they write policy, so. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe she should have, I think there are things that could have been done for her. Mm-hmm. If that If that was her anxiety, there are things that could have been done to fix yeah, that. Exactly. I mean, if you no matter how 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 much you're hurting for money, if your wife is saying, "I'm going to kill myself because I have to go back to work," mm-hmm. then you're going to say, "You don't have to go back to work. Mm-hmm. I'll figure it out." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And but like, like just going back to my job, like the nurses in my department, they like a lot more than a clinical nurse. Does. Yeah. So I feel like there was a lot of things that could have <laughs> been avoided here if that was really the biggest problem here, mm-hmm. or is that just the fall? The, yeah. You know what I mean? The, is that just the, oh, the I was excuse. excited, scared about work. Yeah. Because um, if anything, that would give her time away to process. But I don't think she wanted, I think she wanted time away from her other kids, just not, not the baby, baby, is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick had also told Kyle that she had been prescribed medications, but he thought that they were not working. Mm-hmm. Um, he had also said that Lindsay was suffering from benzo withdrawals for approximately a month and had the worst side effects possible. That was a quote, worst side effects possible. I don't know what that means. I, I mean, don't know I don't what side effects are. I blame him, but I would also be like, if she's expressing that she just wants the baby, maybe I would let my kids stay with, like, grandparents for a month or My husband, summer. like, I know, it's probably not the best way to handle a situation. My hu- husband... Doesn't necessarily handle situations no. the best all the time. But in this case, he probably would have... If I said, I'm thinking about hurting the children, he would have been like, okay, I'm going to go stay somewhere else with the children. Like, bye. Yeah. And, like, probably not the best, but... In our relationship, our kids are more important than each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's... That's fine. That's, that's good. good. Honestly. And, I don't know. Maybe he should have thought about that. It's like, I don't... I, and I don't want to blame him, because I don't know like, how... To me, I don't even have children, but I don't think I could trust someone around my children who's saying that kind of stuff. Exactly. And I I don't want to blame him because I don't... Because you don't know how... Because, like, obviously... You don't know what his, she's portraying as either. And obviously he loves his wife. He loves his children. Yeah. And obviously he wants the family to work, mm-hmm. not... I don't know. It's just hard. Yeah. It's, it's a hard situation. But I don't know. I just, I just feel like I couldn't... And I'm not blaming him and not anything, like, what happened. Obviously not his fault. You're doing what you can, but, like, I just don't think, like, I'm not even a mom, and I'm, like, I don't think I can trust someone yeah. around them. <laughs> um, I do have a question for you, and I don't know if you'd know this or not, but, yeah. like, withdrawing from benzos, like, what what side effects could you experience? Like, could you experience psychosis from withdrawals? I don't know. Yeah. Like, hallucinations, yes. things like that. 100%, yeah. Because he's saying she had the worst side effects possible, but didn't, like, go into detail what those side effects were. Because, like, you guys think... And it obviously it makes you more irritable, I'm sure. These are mind chemistry altering things. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. like, when you're going back to it, it's... Yeah, and then you're put on something else. You have to go back to your natural hormonal state. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you don't go back to your natural hormonal state, too. Yeah. Because your whole brain chemistry is wired different then. Yeah. And especially if she was fucking around with 13 different ones in four months. That's, that's a lot, and that, that I was just very up. surprised that a doctor let that happen. But then again, 
there are doctors who are out here prescribing pain medication for patients that don't need it and prescribing four different ones. Yeah, we actually had a case study because I'm not I'm not clinical. I'm healthcare administration. We had a case study that was like, why are doctors just prescribing opioids for no reason? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think unless you have a fucking major surgery that you should be or in a car accident or not not just in a car accident but like you're in the ICU that you should be described prescribed opioids there's too well, many I think opioids also should be only prescribed for they're a temporary thing not a permanent exactly but like there are so it's so easy to get addicted there's so many side effects there's it's not worth it anymore mm-hmm. and people ask for them and to me, if someone's asking for an opioid... There's a problem at hand already. I don't care what it is, you're not getting it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, like, you have to understand, like, people's pain tolerances are different, too. Like, but what category would mental health drugs fall into? Like, they're not opioids, are they? No. They'd be these benzo... Yeah. Are they just as bad as opioids? Like, I don't know. I don't know anything. Like, are they just as addictive? I would say opioids are definitely more addictive. Yeah. But, because these, these are for chronic issues. Because mm-hmm. you could be on anxiety medication your whole life. Yeah. But, hmm. if you're getting off of them, it could still be. I, I know, like, um, I know people who were on, like, anxiety medication or depression medication. And, like, you have to slowly wean yourself off. Like, it's not just a quick cold turkey kind of thing mm-hmm. or it fucks you up even worse. There have known people who are on anxiety medication that became zombies, like a shell of themselves. Yeah. So it's like it literally could just fuck you up completely. I know. Yeah. Hmm. It's not good. That's why I, like, a lot of my friends are like, "You need medication." I'm like, I, I don't want it. Yeah. And it's nothing that a knock. Like, if it helps you, love do it. it. Good for you. Mm-hmm. I don't want that for myself. Because yeah. I don't know how I will react to it. Yeah, I think that's the scariest part is you don't know how your body's going to react because to a medication. Because me, when I had... This is how bad it is. When I was 16, all that time ago, <laughs> I had my wisdom teeth out and I was prescribed an opioid. Mm. That shit, I took one. First of all, I don't even think I needed them, but I took one just to... And it knocked me out for 21 hours. <laughs> and I did not take another one ever. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely not. Like, why are you prescribing a 16-year-old hydrocodone? I don't know. A 16-year-old does not need that for a wisdom teeth surgery. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. And it's like, after every surgery, they prescribe these hard, hard opioids for no reason. Yeah. Like, if a 16-year-old can handle a mouth surgery, why are you prescribing them? Like, it's I don't not... Know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, back to the story. Yeah. Now that we got off on a tangent about because uh, like drugs. I'm in healthcare, so it's like. Um, on January twenty third, a day before the murders, Lindsay wrote a note on her phone, um, saying that she has, quote, a touch of postpartum anxiety. A touch. A little tooch. A little tooch. A little toochie. <sighs> okay, so now we're gonna get to the hard stuff and. Um, Again, this is going to be a lot, so if you don't want to listen, you could just fast forward a little while because we're going to go over the whole day and how it played out. I don't want to listen. You don't have a choice. <laughs> so the day of January 24th started out pretty normal for the Clancy family. Like I said, 
what's his name? Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> he um, has a home office. He works from home, but he works in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Patrick recalls this day as one of Lindsay's quote-unquote best days. And as I was thinking about this, like, this is the, what, what I was thinking about because I wanted to I, tell you this, but I wanted to save to, it. That's a red flag to me. Yeah, to me, that's like, it was planned. Yeah. Because she's having that high. Yeah. She said, he said it was one of her best days. Um, and as we'll see, I think maybe, in a way, was she spending this day as, like, her last... Day with her children. Yeah. Um, so she calls... She had taken her oldest daughter, well, her oldest child, um, Cora, to the doctor that morning. Um, which is crazy, because you're at a doctor. Like, you yeah, know I mean? that to me, that's, like... I don't know, because then that, to me, was, like... It wasn't planned, because why would you take your child to the doctor if you were just going to kill them? Exactly. There's so many things that could could play to both sides. Mm-hmm. You'll see. Um, and she called her local CVS to discuss over-the-counter medications for her children. Um, both the pediatrician and pharmacist that she spoke to on the phone said there was nothing abnormal about these conversations, and she seemed completely fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you need it, if you were thinking that, though, and maybe she didn't feel comfortable telling a pediatrician, but, like... Tell your pe- tell the pediatrician. Yeah. They're still a doctor. Yeah. And we'll see. There's like legis- They're still like mandated reporters. <laughs> there's um legislation that's um coming out because of this case. That we'll talk about that. I think is going to be very beneficial if it really goes through. And mm-hmm. I don't see why it wouldn't. And if people don't support it, then poo poo on you because I support it 100. <laughs> percent Um. Anyways, <laughs> um. When she returned home, she took the kids to play outside, and they played in the snow for like. A long time. Like, they built snowmen together. Um, Lindsay texted her mom and Patrick pictures of, like, the snowmen they were making and all that kind of stuff. And they both said that nothing about the texts were weird or they they was just, like, they were having fun outside with her kids. Mm-hmm. Which is so weird to think about. Um, so this is where things kind of get a little shady. So around 4.02 p.m., Lindsay searches for kids' Miralax on her cell phone. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I just had to give my daughter Miralax. <laughs> oh, no. I suggested it. <laughs> you did. Um, <coughs> so she, she looks that up on her phone. Then at 4.13 p.m., Lindsay searched takeout 3, 3V on her phone. Um, 3V was a restaurant. I was like, what does that mean? Um, she you then used Apple Maps to determine the time it would take someone to travel from her home in Duxbury to 3V in Plymouth, which was about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of weird to, to search the time, especially if it's a restaurant you yeah, already know. Yeah, they'll already tell you the time, usually. Like, well, just to even search it, like you would already... If you order from there and all the time, you're just like, oh yeah, three V. Like, for example, there's a there's a place here called Frank's. I don't have to look that up, and I'm not even concerned about how long it would take my husband to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Like that wouldn't be a thought in my head. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. That's yeah. strange. Um, at four forty seven, Lindsay then searched the CVS website and called CVS in Kingston um, and asked the manager if they had children's Miralax. Um, at 4.53 p.m., Lindsay texted Patrick, who was working in the basement, um, any chance, this is a quote, any chance you would want to do takeout from 3V, dot, 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 I didn't cook anything, dot, 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 it's been a long day. So, weird, because it really wasn't that long of a day, Mm -hmm. but anyways, 
Um, Patrick said yes, and Lindsay told him to check the menu. Patrick said that this was unusual an unusual request that they typically didn't order out from 3V. Like, they've been there, but it wasn't, like, their usual spots they would think to order out. And it was, like, the, where they lived, there was, like, a bunch of other places around that they could have ordered from, mm-hmm. like, that were closer. But she wanted this place. I don't know. I do that, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, it could go either way. Really, <laughs> it could go either I way. I really want this place down my mom's house. Where? Well, it's actually Manicook. I really want Nardozo's Pizza. No. Pizza Bella. Oh. Chef's Do you think they deliver here? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not a shot. <laughs> um, but he didn't think much of this, and, you know, they agreed to order takeout from here. At 5.06 p.m., um, Patrick asked her what she was going to order. She responded with the Mediterranean Power Bowl, and Patrick said that he wanted the scallop and pork belly risotto. I don't know why I included that. It was in the timeline I saw, and I just thought, of, why not? It's weird food. Weird food. At 5.10 p.m., Lindsay calls 3V Restaurant and orders food. She gives them Patrick's name for the order. At 5.15, Lindsay texted the words Pedialax liquid stool softener to her husband, and then he left to go do the errands. Um, at 5.32, Patrick can be seen in CVS in Kingston in the child's medicine aisle. He calls Lindsay at 5.33, and she does not answer. At 5.34, Lindsay calls him back. Um, the call only lasted for 14 seconds, where Patrick confirmed the medication he was buying with Lindsay. Patrick recalls that Lindsay seemed like she was in the middle of something, and like kind of out of breath. Um, oh. And he left CVS three minutes later. Um, if you think about what happens, that kind of hurts your soul. <laughs> um, mm. At 5.54 p.m., Patrick arrived at 3V to pick up food and then headed home. And this is where it gets intense, and here we go. He arrived at 6.09 p.m. to find complete silence in the house. Um, Patrick did not see Lindsay or the children. Patrick called Lindsay's cell phone to find out where they were, but she did not answer. Patrick then went upstairs to his bedroom where he found the door was locked. He was able to unlock the door where he saw blood on the floor and noticed an open window. He ran outside to the backyard where he found Lindsay on the ground unconscious, or she was conscious, um, with cuts to her wrist and her neck. He immediately called 911, and he asked her, what did you do? Where she replied, I tried to kill myself and jumped out the window. Um, during the 911 call, Patrick can be heard asking his wife, where are the kids? To which she replied, in the basement. Um, emergency crews arrived, and Patrick asked them to stay with Lindsay while he went to find the kids. Um, while on the phone with 911, he could be heard entering the home and heading into the basement. Patrick got to the basement and called out, like, guys, like, a question, like, he didn't hear anybody, so he's like, are you down here? Mm-hmm. As he headed into the basement, he then began screaming um, in shock and agony as he found his children. Each child was laying on the floor, face down. Each child still had the exercise band that was used to strangle them tied around their necks when he found them. Cora and Dawson were pronounced dead at the scene. Um, Kellen survived for several days, but his brain function could not be recovered. So, um, the prosecution argues that she created the situation to be alone with the kids, um, and have the privacy and time she needed to kill the kids by Googling how much time it would take to get to the restaurant and Uh sending him for children's Miralax, where she might've already had the idea that she wasn't going to give them Miralax because they weren't going to be alive. 
Um, strangling her kids wouldn't have been an instant thing either, and would have take sev- se- taken several minutes to where she could have easily changed her mind at any minute, and 100%. she probably would have had to start as soon as he left. Mm-hmm. Like, the time frame, he was gone for, what, a half hour? Yeah. 45 minutes at most, like... Mm-hmm. To do everything she did, she probably would have. Because strangling, like, the movies make it seem like it's 20 seconds. It's minutes. No, and that's what they said. Like, she would have first strangled them unconscious, and then from the unconscious state, it would have been still several minutes before they actually died. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she probably would have had to start as soon as he left the house. So that, to me, doesn't make it seem like it was... Just a moment of psychosis. Like, you kind of knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, a moment of psychosis, I don't want to say it, but it would be one of the children. And then you realize what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or... As soon as they start to struggle. Well, and think about it. I'm assuming the children weren't in the basement to start. Yeah. She would have had to take them all down there. Get all three ki- children together my whole thing into is like, the basement. If it was because of the pressure, why is she doing it to the baby who she loved and had that connection with? Exactly. But, I mean, it ended up... Cora and Dawson obviously suffered more than the baby. Well, they all suffered, but Callan still survived for several days. So I don't... I know the two were definitely strangled with exercise bands. I don't know what happened to Callan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But he did survive for several days. Um. Another thing that's weird is Lindsay was taken to the hospital where she was paralyzed from the waist down from her fall and everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing she asked when she was in her hospital room via a whiteboard was, do I need a lawyer? Oh, uh, yeah. Not, are the kids okay? Is Callan okay? Yeah. She asked if she needs a lawyer. And, like, my whole thing is, like, if you're going to kill yourself, then just kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on January 30th, so this is six days later, Patrick Clancy wrote that he wants family, friends, and strangers to forgive his wife, as he says he has. Um, I want, this is a quote. Six I, days? Yeah, six days. I would be in that hospital killing her. I would. Yeah, my husband would have been like, you want to kill yourself? Okay, here you go. I would absolutely not. They would meet an armed guard at that door. Yeah, um, so he says, I want to ask all of you that you find it deep within yourselves to forgive forgive Lindsay as I have. The real Lindsay was generously loving and caring towards everyone, me, our kids, family, friends, and her patients. The very fibers of her soul are loving. All I wish for her now is that she could somehow find peace. (sighs) It's just so hard because it could go both ways. It could go that she was... Maybe she did suffer from psychosis, like, but it's so hard to bring that up when, in my opinion, she did plan that out. Yeah. I, was, I don't want to be, like, that person, but, like, she's obviously alive. Like, she didn't cut herself yeah, deep she, enough. And as... And I mean, she... Not to be... She only jumped out a second floor window, but it was only a second floor window. You're not going to die from that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's... Like, I feel like... You would need to know, like, as a nurse, I feel like you would know how deep you need to cut not to die. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good, very valid point. Very valid I mean, point. she was only in labor and delivery, but... Still. Still. Um, 
On February 5th, Lindsay attempts to call her husband from her attorney's cell phone. Um, he doesn't answer her call or call her back, which I don't fucking blame him. I wouldn't either. No. Um, on February 6th, though, she calls him again from her hospital bed on her attorney's phone. While sitting with her attorney-hired psychologist, Dr. Paul Zeisel. This is where where she tells her husband that she had, quote, a moment of psychosis um, and that she heard voices. When he asks what kind of voices she heard, she she said she heard a man's voice telling her to kill the kids and kill herself because it was her last chance. Patrick had then told police that she had never mentioned hearing voices before and that she had never used the word psychosis before. And you got to think, she's sitting in the room, probably with her attorney, because it's her attorney's cell phone, Mm -hmm. and her attorney hired psychologist a day before her arraignment. Mm -hmm. It's all very convenient to me. Yeah, they're probably feeding that information. Yeah. On February 7th, Lindsay, from her hospital bed, is arraigned in court um, via Zoom, or whatever the hell they used. Mm -hmm. Um, She shows absolutely zero emotion. And just blinks during everything being said about her and her gruesome crimes. Okay, maybe you had a moment of psychosis. But what the But fuck is now this? that you're not in that moment of psychosis, I would be a mess. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Her defense attorney claims that she is still suicidal and, quote, she's extremely emotional. However, she's unable and has been unable to express any happiness or sadness or cry. Um... During this arraignment, she was determined not to be a flight risk due to no previous criminal history and the extent of her injuries. Um, the judge opted to not set a monetary bail, but ordered that she be held at her current hospital until cleared for transfer to a new facility. Um, she is due back in court on May 2nd. Um, I have very mixed feelings about this case. Um, I do feel that the cocktail of medicines that she was put on and the the trying of different medicines and the back and forth was inexcusable and should be medical malpractice Mm -hmm. um and i would absolutely sue the shit out of those doctors um but it's also funny to point out that she was giving all all this this stuff but then was also not diagnosed with postpartum depression at the time Uh weird one doctor says one thing another says another yeah um she was, in my opinion, she was of sound mind enough to concoct a way to be alone with her kids and almost imitate having her best day in order for her husband to trust her to be home with the kids, being that he was told she should not be left alone with the kids. And to me, if she can imitate her best day, could she imitate to a doctor that she needs it or doesn't need it? Exactly. Like, it could go either way that she imitated the first one that she needed all this stuff. Yeah. And the second one she didn't. Or she could have imitated that she was having a good day that day. Yeah. Um, I also believe that she immediately understood the repercussions of what she did by asking if she needed a lawyer. Yeah. Because if you're in a state of psychosis, you're not going to... Your mind doesn't go... It's not rational. doesn't go there. No. If you're irrational, it doesn't go there. Mm -hmm. A Um, rational thought. And then, like, she's not crying. She's just... Yeah. Um... I believe that the mentioning of hearing voices and psychosis to her husband was um, a defense tactic. I mm-hmm. think they're trying to set it up for maybe her husband to say, that, oh, yeah, she did say that before. She mentioned that before. But he said before that he didn't. 
Yeah, but I think they were trying to get him to say that she did. Mm -hmm. Um, Or planting the seed to make him think, oh, well, maybe she did say that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say that if I had a moment of psychosis, and I came to, and I heard what I did to my children, I would not want a defense. I would want you to give me the death penalty. I would want you to put me away for the rest of my life. And it's weird to me that as a mother, she wants a defense. She wants to defend why she killed her kids. Yeah. I don't care why I killed my kids if I killed my kids. I killed my kids and I am a terrible person. And I deserve. And I deserve death. Wherever I'm going. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she is trying to set herself up, in my opinion, for not guilty by reason of insanity, mm-hmm. tells me that she... How do, I, how do I say this? She wanted it. Like, she... she it tells me that she knew what she was doing. In my, yeah. in my opinion, that tells me she knew what she was doing because... Now she doesn't want to be charged for it. She doesn't it. want the repercussions. She doesn't, she, doesn't feel, want the she doesn't feel the guilt, yeah. I guess, is what I'm getting at. She doesn't feel the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the sadness the, of killing your kids if you didn't want to kill your kids, okay. I guess is what I'm getting exactly. at. Um, Unless she's still in that state, but... I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. It just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. And, like, from the beginning, I was like, okay, like, well, either see. way, I don't think she deserves a not guilty. I think she deserves whatever is coming. And, like, that's the thing is, I would want that. I would want to be guilty. Because, like, no matter what, like, you did kill your children. Yeah. And, like, the fact that she's setting herself up for not guilty is. And, like, I was talking, I was joking to Andy earlier, but I was like, she should be sterilized. Like, no more children for you. If you were proven yeah. that you cannot have children. Like, if you somehow get off, they should make it so you cannot. I think it's going to be a very hard case. Because <laughs> it, it could go either way. You could say she maybe she did suffer from postpartum psychosis. But either way, she's not a safe mother. Then. But either way, she's still not a safe person. Mm-hmm. At all. To anybody. Exactly. Yeah. So e- either way, even if you're going to say she's not guilty, she's still not a safe person. No. And for her husband to forgive her, my husband would never forgive me. I would never forgive myself. And I think that's I, would never I think that's the you. biggest thing is I feel like she's already forgiving herself. Yeah. And no. I would Mm-mm. I'm sorry, I would never forgive you. No. But the one thing that could if there's any good to look at from this case is that people are now talking about postpartum depression and mm. what mothers go through more than they ever were. Um, like I said, I never experienced this myself, but I have seen people around me who have experienced postpartum depression and problems after pregnancy. And like, it's terrible. It really does change a person. Mm-hmm. Um, most people think that you're given a new baby and it should be nothing but happiness and joy. And it is, but there's so much more than that. Like your child solely relies on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell this to people all the time, like my husband is a great father. Mm-hmm. And there are many great fathers out there, but no matter how great your partner is at being a parent, You're you mother. are the mother. You are, regardless if they are helping you with everything, you still feel like those children are your complete and total responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as a mom, it's all you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but because of this case, lots of talks about legislation about postpartum depression are currently in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only been not even eh, almost exactly a month. Yeah. Um, is it exactly? A, no, tomorrow will be exactly a month. Yeah. Wow. Um, so they are working on a bill requiring that all criminal defendants who give gi- have given birth within the year of their alleged crime should be screened for postpartum depression and psychosis. This one I could go either way on. Criminal defendants? But she wasn't criminal before. Well, I guess they're just saying that, like, maybe the postpartum depression led them to commit a crime. Oh. Like, cur- like new offenders, I guess is okay. what. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, another related bill, this is the one that I really... Oh, not... Yeah, this one. is the one I really support, and this is that um, it would require insurance cover- companies to cover postpartum depression screenings for up to one year of childbirth, and this would happen during pediatric visits. Yes. Um, so, for example, after my child, I didn't see a doctor, my doctor, until six weeks after I've given birth. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I didn't see them for another year, and now I just go for my yearly. When you have a baby, you are at those pediatric visits, they know you more than your own doctor. Because you are there, you go two days after, they say, they see you in the hospital, you go two days after, you get home. Then it's like a week after, then two weeks. Then you're with them so much that you should be able to talk to them about those things. And they should be the one giving you those screenings because they are seeing you so much. Mm-hmm. They could see you. The difference in you between... Yeah. And I mean, you're seeing them more than your doctors. Six weeks down the road, like, that's a long time. Yeah. If you're experiencing those thoughts right after birth, you don't see your doctor for six weeks. And then you don't see them for another year after. until Unless you call and say, hey, I'm feeling this way. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. what are the odds you're going to call and say that? You're going to keep it to yourself. Unless yeah. you're given maybe a screening or the doctors, the pediatric doctors are trained in looking at new mothers and saying, okay, well, something's not right here. No, I definitely support that. And I 100% support that, and I think that that could be a game changer for a lot of mothers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's Lindsay Clancy, and I really brought everybody down, and I really apologize for it. But, but to me, whether she did it on purpose or not, she deserves the same punishment. Yeah, I agree. And, like, if it was me, I would think that I deserved the worst of the worst punishments. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it at least got people talking about postpartum depression and things. Cause I think a lot of people, and I didn't really know about it. I think even they don't really discuss it with you when you are pregnant. I only knew about it because I had people around me who went through it. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason I knew more than, you know what I mean? What yeah. to look out for and things. Um, like they give you screenings and things, but they don't really discuss other things. Like, it's more what the questions they ask you right now are, like, do you want to hurt yourself? Do you want to hurt your kids? And that's pretty much it. But I feel like it it goes so much more than that. Like, it's not just about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, you're depressed. You can't get up. You hate your partner. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot more that goes into it than just that. that's such a loaded question, I guess. Yeah. It's because, like, just because... Just because even if you're suicidal, like, the way the phrase is, do you want to hurt yourself, you can still say no. Yeah, and it's very easy to manipulate. I mean, I think that more people need to be aware of other symptoms, other signs, other other things. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I think the pediatric visits are really 
Because you think about it, moms kind of get pushed to the side. Oh, 100%. Like, the new baby is here. That's all we're going to focus on. Like, no one comes over and says, I mean, I think maybe you did, but, like, mm-hmm. everyone comes to see the baby. No one comes to say, how are you doing? Yeah. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. yeah. That is my rant on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it. So now we're going to bring you. We're going to bring you <laughs> even further down. <laughs> so can we just make a pact not to kill children can that be a thing i mean me and you can but like the whole world i think that was already a thing between us but uh, yeah i mean i would hope yeah. like that was an unspoken yeah like it didn't need to be spoken <laughs> no no that english didn't need to needs not to be spoken exactly <laughs> all right so right after the holidays it's the holiday season. The holiday season. Yeah, whoop dee dee. And Dickerina. And you're She'll be coming, he'll be coming down the chimney. Yeah. Yeah. Remix. We just had lunch. We paused for lunch. We paused for lunch, and now we are suffering. (laughs) No, well, you are suffering the consequences. Okay, so right after the holidays, Mm -hmm. after the new year, January 4th. Oh, so when Lindsay Clancy was in the hospital. Yeah, so I said, maybe she heard about it, and maybe this what gave her the push she needed. Yikes. Um, Michael Height who was 42 at the time, decided to enact a murder-suicide plot against his entire family. I never get mur- murder-suicide. So, okay, so, backstory. No, no. Because they're narcissists. There is one murder-suicide that sticks in my head. Is it the one behind the high school? It was behind a nursing home, but yes. Yeah. And he, his wife had Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. so he killed her and then killed himself. Mm-hmm. That one sticks with me, and that's how I want to go. Um, but anyways... That's the only one that, like, I can justify in my head. <coughs> yeah, because it was out of love. It was out of love. Pure love. The truest love. Mm-hmm. Um, or did you watch this, the third episode of Last of Us yet? No. If you have, I want to love, like, um... You told me. Frank you told and... Me is it Frank and Phil? You told me that about this before. I don't remember. Yeah. Names. Um, I want to love like them. He shot and killed his wife, Tasha Height, mm-hmm. who was 40, her mother, Gail Earl, who was 78, and the couple's five children. Five children? Three girls, two boys, aged 4 to 17. Jesus Christ. Before dying by suicide. His mother-in-law was in town because two weeks prior, Tasha filed for divorce. Mm, okay, so now we're getting some motive here. And she was trying to help the kids get back to normal as fast as possible. And help her daughter out. So is he living there still? I don't know. I could not find that. I literally did a separate Google search to see if they were still living in the same house or what. Yeah. I don't know if he was just there because of the holidays or <clears throat> what was going on. Maybe they were just trying to keep a sense of normalcy. Yeah. Divorce is hard. But Divorce you know, is scary. Mother-in-law was staying there. Important. She's 78 years old. Like, come on now. <laughs> right? 78. Yeah. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, this is not the first time police heard about the Height family. They were investigated Michael multiple times prior to the killings. For what? And his temper was documented long before. We'll get into it. <laughs> um, some of these interventions 
were assaulting his eldest daughter and stealing his wife's phone. Is this like the one where they stole the phone and the Apple Watch and Barry no, Rowland? No, no, no. <laughs> Alright, so we'll get into the background. Michael Height and Tasha Earl met in college at Southern Utah University. It's always Utah, isn't it? They're part of the LDS church. Like, okay, but there is, a, I think we've talked about this, there is a difference <laughs> between FLDS and LDS. Yes. What? FLDS are like, I mean, they're both a cult to me. <laughs> Religion is a cult. <laughs> yeah. To me. Can we make a t-shirt that says that, or is that offensive? It's offensive. Because mm-hmm. like, if I was religious, I'd be like, okay. But like, to each their own, I think everyone, I don't. Do you? For me. I actually went on a hike. On Saturday, like, we, we and medical, and at the one trailhead, there was like a podium, and then these like benches all in front of the podium, uh-huh. and I'm like, what "The fuck is this?" Uh-huh. In the middle of a hike. And where um, were you going with that? It just freaked me out, and there was a video. Maybe people me. do like weddings there. Why? Why? <laughs> um, yeah, so the LDS is back again, again, again. Guess who's they, back? They got their hands in everything, don't they? Yeah. Um, a lot of family annihilators are in the LDS. Because they're easily manipulated. And yeah, because they're, they're taught that Why are we calling it family, family annihilators? I just, like, that is, like... Because they annihilated their family. I know, but, like, the word annihilation reminds me of, like... Like heavy metal music plays in the background. <laughs> like Family Annihilator is definitely a band. Oh, I'm gonna Google that. That's band. that's a band. Family Annihilator. If that's right. not a band, I call it. That's gonna be TM. TM. Pause for look up. Oh yeah, that's a band. Oh, like yeah. Well, we call Family Annihilator. So yeah, yeah, it's our band. That's a band. <laughs> that was a preview. Yeah. Of our first song <laughs> called "Suspicious Podcast Ruined My Life." Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, who was it? The the one where he blew up the house? They were in the LDS. Come on. <laughs> I was going, you better kiss the girl. I can't remember her name. The one where he put her in the mines. In the he, mines? He acts the children in the face. Oh, I don't. Is this an old one? No. There's a lot of family axe murders. Family annihilators use axes. No, this is like the tens. The fucking tens. (laughs) The teens? The teens. (laughs) This is the tens. Um, Anyway, they married in May of 2003. They settled down in Enoch, Utah. I don't think I would like Utah. Me neither. Sounds like a a sketchy place. It seems very dusty. (laughs) Dusty. Someplace dark (laughs) and dusty. dusty. (laughs) Um... About 250 miles outside of Salt Lake. Okay. Is that where the Hoover Dam is? I think it's in Nevada. But don't quote me on that. They're all the same shit, ain't they? Hold on. Hoover Dam. Hoover the Phoenix, Dam. Arizona, all the way to You need a Hoover because of all that dust. <laughs> <laughs> Setting the scene for you, sorry. <laughs> it's on the border of Nevada and Arizona. Nevada We've and Arizona. We've never been out west if you have I'm going to Arizona. You're in September. with you. So tell me cool things in Arizona. Other than dust. There's like a dinosaur place. I know that. Okay. Like Jurassic Park. Okay. I'm kidding. Okay. 
No, but like there's like a bedrock, like the Flintstones. I can park. make a bedrock. <laughs> I can make a bedrock. Why are we so tangenting right now? We need to chill. Look at Raining look it. Look at look at me in the eyes. Goose Frava. Rained back in. Okay. Um, family annihilation. Yep. Family. <laughs> I called him family instead of Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Can we be Michael Annihilator? Yes. <laughs> well, he's already annihilated. Yeah. Bye. That's uh, what kind of sucks is you can't really, like, what do you do? You're just like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. Like, you can't charge anyone because he's already dead. I guess you hope that there is another higher power and he's burning somewhere. Yeah. I hope, like, they ripped his soul apart. Or he's, or, like reincarnation is a thing and he's like a worm no worms can live a good life because like if i was a worm i'd want my boyfriend to keep me as a pet you know when you ask people what if you they'd love you if you were a worm my husband always says no i would want them to put me you know like those 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 things we had as kids little bug traps yeah like with the circles Uh i'd want him to keep me in one of those see i was thinking more if you cut a worm in half they still survive and, like, now there's two worms. Oh. Because don't worms have two brains? I don't know. <laughs> You're more worried about a boyfriend giving you a bed. I'm thinking about cutting a worm in half. Of... Is that our personalities or what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of, like, I want a nice leaf bed. And okay, well, me... so I hope he's a shitty animal. I hope he comes back as I a dung animals. beetle. Yeah, I don't like insects, yeah. Yeah, dung beetle I sounds would like... right. Anyway, I want someone to keep me in their pocket if I was a worm. Okay, anyways. Anyway. Family uh, Annihilation, yet again. (laughs) (laughs) He worked as an insurance agent at Allstate. But the company came out and stated that he was no longer employed with them at the time of the murders. Oh, so he must have gotten fired. Either he got fired or... I don't know. Dun, dun. They're like, don't drag our name in this. (laughs) Allstate's like, is Allstate the one with mayhem? Yes. They're like, no, no, we did not cause this mayhem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do not care about this douche canoe. Yeah. I won't So I'll talk more about his victims. All right. Tasha graduated from, God, Malpa? M-O-A-P-A. Malpa? Where do you see that? Mopa? Mopa? Mopa sounds right. Valley High School in 1999, <clears throat> where I was born, Ooh. and graduated with a bachelor's degree in child development studies in 2004. Cool beans. Cool beans. Her desire in life was to be a mother and raise children and exemplified Christ's attributes. Sort of obituary. She was an incredible mother who was constantly sacrificed everything for her children. She was truly, they were truly the most precious possession she had. She taught them love, kindness, service, dedication, and the principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ through her example. Her children knew they were of the highest importance in their lives as she would drop anything and everything for her children. It didn't say if she had a job or not. Mm-hmm. So like, <clears throat> in my head, she's a stay-at-home mother. Which is cool. We love that for her. Because it did say like she had a degree in child development, but it didn't say like where if she, she had a job or, or anything. Yeah. Um, while raising her children, <clears throat> she had many callings in her church where she served faithfully and tirelessly to help others reach their goals and aspirations in their life. See, like, this is where I'm going is, like, yeah, I think church is kind of culty, but, like, 
I also see how it's a positive social setting. Where like people get together and they can learn, they can Oh yeah, it's definitely cool and... to have like a community behind exactly. you. <clears throat> a community of the same values and morals and But I have my thoughts on religion and I think it's it's culty. I think maybe my my biggest gripe is with the Catholic Church itself. Yeah. And I think yours is mainly from I don't want to say how we grew up, but, like, we were forced into it rather than it being any thing we desired. And we didn't grow up with the positive aspects of church. Like, we stopped going at a very age, but we didn't grow up with the community. Yeah. I also think that religion is just for people who are afraid of death, and it was created by people who are on lots of drugs during the times of like Jesus Christ. Like Jesus Christ is probably a real person, but death did not they just smoked a lot of fucking like peyote and shit. He was a real person. <clears throat> like But that's, that's it. That's the extent. Yeah. He was not the song. Let's not get the religious aspects out here. Yeah. Um, um that's another podcast for another time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she truly loves <coughs> those she's there to favorite. Are they sister wives from Utah? Her favorite mm. hobbies were reading, traveling, serving in her church, and she found special joy in spending time with her children and enjoying the spice of life that brought them to her. I'm screwed tonight. <laughs> All right. So the oldest was Macy Lynn. She was 17. She was born on October 13, 2005. She was the oldest of the five children and was a huge help to her mom and her other siblings. She played games. She helped them with their homework, chores, and was always helpful in getting them ready for bed. She was supposed to graduate from high school this year oh. and receive, at the same time receive her associate's degree. Look at her go. Macy was a go-getter. Um, she had planned <clears throat> uh, attending a college in the fall where she's going to pursue a degree in digital marketing. Good for her. So she seemed like she had like... She had it figured out. Uh, figured it all figured out and like... Other than me, I'm 25, almost 26, and I don't got shit figured out. <laughs> yeah. There's <clears throat> Brindley Ann. She was 12. Okay. Born on September 28, 2010. She was... I don't mean to bring this up, because I think you're going to answer it, but do we go into detail about what happened that day? Not really. Okay. There isn't much, because he's dead, so we don't really know what happened. Like, we know how they died, but we yeah. don't know, like... Like, you don't know who was killed first? Mm-mm. Because you gotta there's think... There's no one to ask. There's five kids. Two other adults. Well, three other, but he doesn't count because he's killing people. Well, Macy's 17, so she's basically an adult, too. But what I'm saying is, like, you would have heard what was going on before it was your turn. Too. Yeah. But, like, there's no... <clears throat> okay. Um... She was kind, thoughtful, and a tender-hearted person who was always thinking of others. She loved music and was always singing, humming, or playing memory-memorized music places on the piano or cello. Okay. Um, she loved to read and shared with any and all best books that they began to read, like when the children, other children. Um, many times she expressed her desire to be a librarian so she could read all day. No. She loved school, church, and spending time with her friends. Um, now there's twins. <sighs> Emma and Michael and Sienna Bell. They were born on June 21st, 2015. What was the first kid's name? Ammon. Ammon? A-M-M-O-N. Ammon. Ammon. 
He was thoughtful and a logical boy. He loved to build Legos. And, and how old? I'm sorry. Seven. Seven. Fuck. <laughs> he just finished constructing the Titanic Lego kit. He was extremely imaginative, curious, and loved to learn about everything that moved. His love for things began at a very early age, and he became obsessed with trains. Oh, little boys who love trains are my favorite little boys. Because they don't choke slam me like my son. No. They just want to hear it go toot toot and want to watch Thomas the Train, and it's so cute. And wear little <laughs> conductor's hats. Sienna was vibrant and vivacious. She would pursue her hobbies and passions. She loved to take pictures with her camera and apply funny filters to them, like a typical seven-year-old. No. She was studious with her schoolwork, enjoyed playing with friends and family, and it said she had a tangible love for her brothers and sisters. Now, I don't know what that means, but I feel like she was just like the sweetest little peach. Probably. And then here's your hard one. Gavin Drew was four. Born on June 12, 2018. He said... He had the most mischievous look. Like, everyone's like, oh, they were so nice. And then they get to Gavin, he's like, he had the most mischievous look. Well, what would you say about my son? The same shit. <laughs> when he would smile at you, you had to wonder what he'd gotten into. <laughs> yeah? Or what he was going to get into. Yeah? He gave the best hugs and always wanted to be in the middle of whatever was going on. He loved to give and get tickles. His sweet smile made everyone's world light up. I just thought it was funny that they were like, yeah, all the other children were vivacious and happy. And they're like, this one was mischievous. Oh, man. That's my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then Gail Earl, who was 78, was a dedicated mother of seven children. Jesus. Um, they really oh, know how to pop out in Utah. Yeah. The Mormons. They don't believe in birth control, I don't think. Popping pussy out in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what soaking is? Yeah, like Amish people, right? No. The Mormons, you don't know what soaking is? No, I know what it is. Something weird. I learned it through TikTok. <laughs> You're on Mormon TikTok too? Do you get the questions from BYU? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> like something stupid, like what's your favorite curse word or something? Yeah, like, I, I'm on Capybara TikTok. Are you on Capybara TikTok? <laughs> no, I'm not on Capybara TikTok. I would like to be, but Capybara. I'm not. Capybara. <laughs> Capybara. I'll tell you later. <laughs> I'll tell you later. I hope someone else listening to this is on that side of TikTok so they know what you're talking about. <laughs> you will later. You'll be on Gabby t- Bar check out by the end of this. I don't know if I want to be now. She <laughs> um, says, with seven children, sometimes time was hard to find, but each of her children knew without a doubt that they were the most important thing to her. She loved them deeply. She made friends with easily and was a true friend. She was kindly, constantly looking for ways to serve others. Oftentimes, she would need uh, find a need or find a service even before people recognized it themselves. Mm-hmm. This is the mother-in-law. Do we know how deep they were into the LDS church? I mean, every one of these, even the children, said that they were dedicated to the church. So it seemed like they were... Like, it makes you wonder if, like, that serves a part. I think it does, because I think it's their... <clears throat> I think Mormons are taught that the man is... Do you think that her filing for divorce was a portion of it? Like, it goes against... I don't know their religion. I don't know the LDS. But I would assume, like, other religions, it's not really a good thing. It's, like, frowned upon. I I firmly believe that. And I firmly believe it was, well, if I can't have you, no one can. You think that's that's what... what Like, do we get, like, a real, like, besides the divorce, like, a... Well, I'll go more into, like, the abuse. Mm-hmm. And, like, some of the things Tasha says is... Like, foreshadowing, almost? Like, uh... It's a little... Telling? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
she loved her students because I guess at school, like church she would teach piano. Okay, this is um Gail, right? Um, she gained tremendous pride in seeing them find their own love for music. Visiting her home was a joy and filled with music. She would spend hours playing the piano for her husband, her family, and just everyone who would walk in. But her husband preceded her death. But, like, before that. That was just, yeah. just a note. Um, so, Michael had some interesting behavior leading up to this. Okay. There are allegations of abuse by his family despite... The- Why'd you laugh? Because <laughs> what you did... <laughs> Throw a fry at my dog so he stopped licking himself? Yes. <laughs> um, despite glowing reviews of Michael from churchgoers and neighbors, there's obviously some shit going on. See, but that's what I hate about these people. Everyone at church is like, oh, he's the best guy. No, he abuses his Why wife at home. Why are you fucking Cartman? He's the best guy. He's the best guy. <laughs> like, I feel like... Like, is there something, like, and I don't mean to target all religious people because I am sure there are great people who are religious. But... Why are a lot of people who believe in God, why, if you look at killers and abusers, a lot of them feel that, like, almost better than people. And that's the reason why they abuse people, look down on people, murder people, because they're not religious. You know what I mean? Like, look Mm -hmm. at serial killers. A lot of serial killers are religious and murder people because, oh, well, she's she's a, a nasty woman, like, she's a dirty woman, like, like, prostitutes and shit, like, fucking mind your business, why don't you, if you're so religious and into helping people, why don't you help them, not fucking murder them, I would say that the one guy I dated who was religious was the most, you dated a guy who was religious? Yeah. Who? We'll get to it, the most emotionally taxing to me. Can you give me a letter initial? No. What letter is that? <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, he was a dick. Yeah. The yeah. most emotionally taxing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's just something about them, and, like, I don't know if it goes hand in hand. Like, I don't want to say it does, because there's definitely people who are religious and good people. I'm not saying that there's not. But. Like, think about the FLDS. <coughs> Again, I don't know the difference between the FL and the LDS. Mm-hmm. I think they're different. Like, I think one's, like, fundamental church know, of Latter-day like, Saints. Or something. I don't I fucking feel like shit. religious men... Somehow get think they have a egos. higher power because I also think that the way religion is written it keeps down women keeps women down hundred percent is it's directed towards men mm-hmm. but you got to think at the time that it was written mm-hmm. too men were the the thing men were the the men you know what I mean now women can be men I mean in more ways than one but you know what I'm saying like we're equal yeah fucking. God didn't think about that one. But, like, just, like, even the way he would talk about other women was kind of, like, gross. But, like, even, like, with religion and, like, in, like, abortion. Okay, so you don't want a woman to get an abortion because it's life. Cool, get it. But then you're going to talk shit on that same woman for getting pregnant while not married. Or at the age she is. And not have any resources for her. So go fuck yourself. Seven times over. Like there was this one that stuck out to me. And I hate when people just I use religion know. to back political stances. I don't no. know why it stuck out to me so much. But like he was scrolling on his Snapchat. Like just through stories. And it was like girl just like showing off her tattoo. And it was like her full. Like she was clothes. Like basically what I was wearing. I was wearing like a cardigan crew neck. 
And like, it was just her thing. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, look at all the tension she wants. And I'm like, she's just Because showing. of her tattoo or because of her wrist? I think, it, I think it was because she was showing her tattoo, but it wasn't just the tattoo. It was her whole body. Oh. And I'm like, so? If tattoos make me want attention, I must want a lot of attention. Look at me. Like, I think it was because she was, like, it wasn't just the tattoo in the picture. Like, oh, she, she's passing it off as, look at my tattoo, but it's really a look at me. And, like, either way, I felt that was, like, oh, I don't know. It just weirded me out. Can we talk about how much society would thrive if men didn't, didn't exist? exist? <laughs> like, we would all be cool with each other. We could no, have, we but, we, but we could have rational conversations. Men are like, nukes, nukes. I mean, am I a rational woman? Nine I don't know. Times I, I feel know. like a lot of the times. It's but like, hard it wouldn't be like it's absolutely hard to get along with women. But to a degree, we could understand each other. Yeah, I think society as a whole would be better. Yeah, but like individually, it'd be so much worse because mm-hmm. women are fucking disgusting, and everything is a competition. Yeah, I feel it. And I, and I am not. I did not sign up for that competition. Neither did I. I don't care. And, like, I've lost friends because, like, you're competing with me, but I'm not competing with you. Yeah. At all. Like, I don't care. Yeah. So. She was religious, too, wasn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and we're canceled. How did we go on that tangent? I don't know where we got. I will take any chance to talk about how much I don't like religion. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Anyway. Um, Specifically that one. <laughs> Neighbors recalled the family even hosting a walkabout in 2021, which was What's to bring the community together, and they welcomed, like, a bunch of new residents from around the neighborhood. Okay. Why are you making faces at your dog? <laughs> He's staring at me. He just wants to love you. Uh, as in most cases, abusers are able to hide their true colors. And oh, absolutely. Them. And I think... Back to the religion standpoint, religion allows them Back to, the future. to really hide it as well. Oh, 100%. Oh, I'm an abuser, but guess what? I go to church every Sunday. But guess what? I donated this. That's exactly. How, that's how our... We can talk about our kids tonight. That's how our father was. <laughs> we, we could talk about it. Because he's not going to listen to this. Um, he was very... Was the most horrible person, and then we'd be like, well, I buy you that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jacqueline Campbell, a professor at John Hopkins School of Nursing and an expert on intimate partner and domestic violence, stated that these positive recollections are common in cases like this, but they rarely scratch the surface of what is going on in private. Um, family murders are most always precipitated by warning signs. Mm-hmm. So um, would you say that there is warning signs in this case? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get into them. But, um... I'm just saying I have, like, a lot. Remember her because I have, like, a lot of little things, like, she quotes on. like Directly she, on this case? Yeah. Um, she said, neighbors often would say, oh, he's a nice guy, but I can't believe this happened. It seems totally out of the blue. And I think to myself, probably not. That is true. Like, you think about that in, like, any kind of circumstance. Like, any murder. Mm-hmm. Like, domestic partner. Like, it's, like... You never know what happens behind closed doors is, I guess, what I'm trying to get at. 100%. And, like, I, I feel that, too, like, in terms of, like, so I'm in school to be a teacher, and, like, I do, like, field experiences in a school, and, like, you see a kid who's, like, dirty, but, like, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. Like, you don't, like, it's not the kid. No, it's definitely not the kid. Like, I know in school we had these people that, like, smelled bad just because their clothes were not washed often. And... Mm-hmm. 
You don't. You never know what happens, and you got. I think that's one thing that people need to take into <laughs> account when interacting with others is like you don't know what happens in their everyday life. Exactly. Sorry. This is a lot of tangents today. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna shut the fuck up now and let you yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah. So in 2021, <laughs> an individual outside the home they do not state to reported the father, so Michael, mm-hmm. to authorities for abusing Macy, the oldest child, when she they was witnessed it. No. When she was 14. So this makes me feel like it was a mandated reporter. Okay. Like maybe a teacher or... Someone in the church, maybe. Someone in the church that... Because it said it wasn't in the home. That the abuse took place? Yeah, so maybe Macy confided in them. Can we... Do we know what kind of abuse we're talking? Yes. Okay. Okay. But maybe Macy confided in them or she didn't and they just felt like she was off. Mm-hmm. But Macy does tell the police what happened. So it makes me oh. feel like she did confide in someone and they reported it. Okay. Um, weird fact, when when they had inter- when they got interviews, the Department of Child and Safety Department of Child and Family Services said they were already wary of the Height family at the time the officers conducted the interviews on the matter. Okay, of of the situation with Macy. Yes. They were already aware of the Height family. Yes. Okay. Which is it's never good when, weird. like, children and youth knows about your family. It was weird, because it just seemed like this was out of the blue, because an individual outside the house reported it, and mm. then the children and youth were basically like, oh, we already know. Like, okay, so then what are you doing? Yeah. Children and youth is... Okay, I'm not going to go on. <laughs> so, but it is a flawed system. In her interview with police, Macy told an officer that her father had been physically, emotionally assaulted towards her multiple times over the recent years. Describing three separate incidents, which he said her father physically grabbed her, choked her, or shook her. During one encounter, she told police that she was scared her father might kill her. Um, these violent incidents started in 2017 and included an incident where he grabbed her by the shoulders and banged her into a wooden piece at the back of the couch. So, but this is as she's older, like no, no reports of abuse when she's younger? And no, no sexual abuse, just... No reports of sexual abuse, just... Violence. Okay. Um, when this, when did Tasha file her divorce? In tw- this December. It would have been twenty twenty two. Yeah. Okay. Um, Macy also told the officer her dad frequently yelled and often belittled her his wife in front of the kids, calling her stupid and lazy, and she saw her father take her mom's phone to keep her to keep her from leaving the home once. Hmm. Um. Michael said that if he denied, he denied ever grabbing his daughter in an assaultive way or choking her. And he later clarified that if he had done so, he didn't mean it to be an assault. What? <laughs> um, he denied ever putting down his wife in front of the children, but he did lose his temper with the kids. And You're probably better off saying you lose your temper with your wife, not your kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He stated that he had a tough year for his increasing stress. His stress was from his father's recent death and his brother's divorce. Your brother's Why is your brother's divorce causing you stress? Are they incestual in Utah? I mean, I would cause you stress from my divorce. You would absolutely cause me stress from me. You cause me stress <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> so, okay, never mind. I could see it. <laughs> but I can see... It was just the way it's saying. It was- a stress from his brother's divorce. 
Well, maybe his brother moved in with him. You like, yeah. he, I guess you don't know the circumstances, but at the same time, like his father's death, I, I think we've seen firsthand how death. somebody's death could play a role in completely changing a person. Mm-hmm. So, because um, it's just weird to me that there's no reports of this <coughs> before before 2017. Yeah, because she's already fourteen. Like, if you're with an abusive person, parent, like they're gonna be abusive before. For 14 years later. Mm. But again... If, In 2017, she would have been 11. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, just saying. But you know what I mean? So that could really play a factor. But it seems like he's just, like, spewing shit to the police. But that's true. He could have, like, not say anything. Because, like, then he accused his wife... He told the police that he accused his wife and soon-to-be ex-sister-in-law of saying mean things about his mother and own sister. And then he, this is when he said he took his phone to look for evidence of these mean things. Okay. What does it matter? Like, who cares? He also admitted to I say mean things on a daily basis. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm a mean person. You say mean things to my face all the time. <laughs> it's better than behind your back. I'm sure you do it too. <laughs> <laughs> he wants taking his wife's iPad to work with him for several days to look through her messages. When she accused him of having the device, he denied it and slipped it back in to where he found it. And he's just telling police He's just this? telling police all this shit. Like, <laughs> like, like, bro, you could like, just... He's say, like, look what I do. Like, say less. <laughs> like, okay. But then, like, the police are probably, like, the good old boys, and, like, he's yeah. a good old boy. Just wait until the next second. And they, they all go to the same church. Tell me they all go to the same church. I don't know. Oh. But the officer conducting the interview told Michael his actions towards his father were close to assaultive, but ultimately didn't press charges, encouraging him to continue seeing someone about his anger. Good one. Uh, Did he even make him, like, leave the house for... Yeah, yeah, he was at the station. But, like, for... Like, he just went back home after that? Well, Tasha called the interviewing officer and asked what looks best when her husband re- returned home. And she was concerned whether the family would be safe. I think that's the biggest thing is, like, you took him to the station. He, he now knows his daughter accused him of assault. And now his wife's calling, asking, like, that's a giant red flag. If the wife calls and said, is my family going to be safe? But I think even so, like, as a police officer, you should be like, okay, like, let's separate them. Because he's going to go back more mad because now he's not in trouble. Mm-hmm. He knows he's not in trouble because he just talked to police and they let him go. Mm-hmm. But now he knows you ratted on him. I once dated a police officer. And he said that 90% of his job was just, like, marriage counseling. Yeah, I believe it. Um, so, like, that would be terrible. <coughs> like, imagine that happening in our situation. Like, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, I would be afraid for our dad to come home after hearing that, like, Obviously, oh, he'd yeah. be angry. Like, this guy is probably angry. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to escalate because you're going to have to talk about it. Yeah. No one's just going to be I'm like... i the police weren't called at our house. Boop. Ever. Boop. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> um, anyway, the officer said there is no indication that Michael would respond with violence, though we don't know what happened behind closed doors when he got home. Yeah. Um... Tasha told the officer she didn't believe criminal charges were appropriate, but expressed hope that he, the encounter would be a wake-up call for her husband. 
Okay. So Campbell, the professor, weighs in here and said, Child abuse is sometimes, though always, a precursor to family murders, but in the 2020 investigation, it should have been certainly a red flag to Child Protective Services. So now we're going to go on to the fuel of the fire. The real match that lit the flame, I think, here was on December 21st, 2022, Tasha officially files for divorce. Mm-hmm. On 20, December 27th, Michael was served with divorce papers. So obviously his life was slipping away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, yet James Park, Tasha's divorce lawyer, told me at Atlas she never expressed to him a fear that she would be in danger. Okay. Um, Park last met with Tasha on Tuesday, January 3rd, the day before the bodies were discovered. Oh, that's terrible. I don't like that. Um, Tasha and one of her daughters were seen at church event on the day before the killings. Um, so, like, they were, I'm assuming it was, like, either, like, that night or in the morning. Mm-hmm. Initial reports said that police were dispatched to the home for a welfare check on the afternoon of Wednesday, January 4th, after Tasha mission appointment. Okay. But an unsealed search were revealed that neighbors from the family's church and neighbors from... Neighbors and people from the family's church were actually the first people to enter the home and discover the bodies. Yikes. Um, and then Campbell Like, waited. why did they why, why did they think to look in the home, though? Like, did they not go to church and, or something? She and missed was... some kind of appointment. Oh, oh, you didn't say that, didn't you? She missed... I don't... They didn't say what. I don't know if it was super important. Something she would never miss. Yeah. So, some, it had to be something where it was so off that someone went to the home. <gasps> okay. Um... Campbell said, a signal of separation is often the final provocation that prompts family murders to act. It is at that moment, or shortly after, that she left him that he goes and find, finds her and does this family annihilation. He has decided if she's going to leave him, they're better off dead. That is terrifying. According to Tasha's sister, Jenny, at some point prior to the massacre, Tasha told family members that her husband removed all the firearms from the home. That's never good. Both Tasha and Gail were trained in firearm safety, but Jenny said their removal left the family vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. So that tells me he didn't live in the house. I guess so. That tells me that either he didn't live in the house or he took them out of the home so they couldn't fight back. Well, obviously, but it tells me he took them somewhere else. Like, did, like, took, like, he lived somewhere else. They were obviously shot all eight of them. Including him. Yeah. But it doesn't say what happened. And, like, it's not like we're going to find out. Like, how do we even... We don't. He's dead. You know. He's gone. Do they have any cameras on the house? Not that I know of. But, um, this is fucked up. Um, Michael's okay. obituary, um, was written as a father, a loving husband and father who enjoyed making memories of his family. Like the one where he killed them? And failed to mention his role in their death. And it was eventually removed from the paper. But I wonder who wrote his obituary. Like, they they phrased it as how he was this loving man that loved his children and wanted nothing but his children. And the church and all this shit. Yeah, go eat a bag of dicks. Yeah, so that's the Height family murders. That's crazy. I do have a lot of questions. Same. But uh, we'll never get the answers. And that's the problem. Like, wait, there's no one to put on child to get these fucking answers. 
Yeah. Well, there's no investigation to be had, really. I, I mean, I guess you could tell a suicide gunshot versus a... Um, yeah, it's different ballistics. Yeah, because I mean, I wonder. I would. I would wonder why they just thought, yeah, he killed them and then killed himself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just thoughts. Hmm. (laughs) Well, now that we really just ruined your entire day. Yeah. Maybe uh, go talk to your therapist. Yeah. Just go check in. Do a check in. Check in with us. If you're on anxiety medication, make sure you're okay. Yeah. Doing good. We we love you and we hope you're okay. Check in with us. We're here. DM us. DM us on Instagram at Suspicious You can send us an email at Suspicious at gmail.com. Yeah. Mm, be safe. We love you. Don't kill your family. Uh, or any of your children. Love you. Bye. Bye.